What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Joe Dorvel. What is going on, Brennan? How are you feeling today? I'm, I'm fantastic, man. It's a new week. We're going to reset. Everything's going to be great. I got murdered in a roast, literally destroyed. <laughs> it was the worst experience of my life, but we are moving past it. How about you? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Getting to the end of a... Uh... What six weeks since I last seen the lady? So going oh, to see God. her this weekend. So yeah. yeah oh, yeah. thank God. Yeah, I was gonna say, Jesus. October's a been a hectic month. I can't believe it's been so long because we record every week, but normally a lot of times for the listeners, peek behind the curtain, you're either coming to or coming from yeah. Atlanta. Yep. Hot Hotlanta. It's been a it has been a while, man. It's been a minute. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Uh, for everyone new listening to the show, quick rundown. What we're going to do is we're going to touch on a lot of the biggest topics in sports. Obviously, the NFL, MLB playoffs are going on, and then we'll talk a little NCAA football. Then we'll get to the quick hits where we're just going to tag on a couple of uh, probably issues that we would like to give more time to, just don't have the time to. So we'll talk about the first week in the NBA, uh, the first two weeks now in the NHL, and then we're going to talk about the soccer corner with the Prem and our Fulham boys on a tear. And then uh, we're going to skip the walk-off today uh, for the sake of brevity, probably a lot during the football season unless something crazy happens, just so these episodes aren't two hours long. And then we'll get to the press conference where we'll peddle our wares. But we're going to start this week the same way we do every week. Joe! Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. All right, we're going to talk NFL to kick everything off. And you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the game of the week. Uh, not games of the week. I was going to say, there was no <laughs> game of the week this week. In full disclosure to the listeners, I was very worried that Joe was going to put a very specific game up first because it was back and forth, but he didn't, thank God. Uh, was it back and forth? That game was like a labor to watch. I don't know. Are you kidding me? That game was intense. Game we'll was get to it later. But first game we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers at the Washington Commanders. Tyler Heideke getting the start. And the Green Lizard is back. Yeah. And then um, Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers lost this game. Yes, Brennan. Uh, 21-23 final. Um, they were trying to claw their way back. I texted. Uh, I have a buddy who's a Packers fan. And I texted him. Wow, I never thought I'd see the day where Aaron Rodgers is trying to run the Stanford band play. Yeah. That oh that my was, god, yeah, to end the game. <laughs> that was very disappointing. <laughs> so the the Packers are now on a three game losing streak. They lose to the Giants, the Jets, and now the Commanders, which hindsight despite the records, I think that Jets loss is probably the best loss out of those three, because I think the Jets overall are the better team. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to the New York teams. I think this has been super fluky with the Giants, but we'll get to that. Uh, what's going on? You can't say that right now. <laughs> well, no. Uh, fun fact. Uh, the Giants have been in five one-score games. And oh, trust won me. All I'm them. aware, but I'm just saying it. You cannot say I know, that. You right? can't Can be I? the, you know, uh, the, the, 
Your what whole this whole Doug Peterson over aggressive not going for the field goal. This is really starting to wear on my the patience. messaging. Like the you can't be the face of this message, Brandon. That's true. I actually <laughs> lost fifty dollars because they keep pulling things out of their assholes. Uh so. But we need to get to it. So obviously the the, the uh, skill position players for Green Bay are not what you'd want or not mm. what Aaron Rodgers would want. They have had a lot of injuries. Bakhtiari's been out now for a couple of weeks. He's is in, this he's something? Out, he's in, he's out. Yeah, is this something we need to be worried about for Green Bay in the long term? Is this like a serious problem or do you think they're going to right the ship? Because I'll be honest with you. I thought they were going to win that game. Towards the end when they had 23 seconds left and Aaron Rodgers had that final drive, I was like, oh, man, I wish Tyler Heineke would pull this out. But Aaron Rodgers is going to do Aaron Rodgers thing. And then he didn't. Um, I think this is I think they're in for it because they don't seem to be fixing what's wrong with their defense and their offensive scheme. As I talked about last week, as far as like the passing part of it, they're running all these options with inexperienced receivers. But for the running side of it, they're running everything out of shotgun. And, and I listened to two podcasts uh, yesterday that made two very different but very good points. One was Bomani Jones, and he said, hey, I think all of us were like, I think the uh, Tom Brady thing tricked everybody. Not every quarterback makes it to like 45 years of age and, you know, looks good kind of the whole way through. Also, the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, a majority of Aaron Rodgers' game is predicated on him being more athletic than, you know, every normal quarterback out yeah. there. He's a little more athletic than your normal quarterback. So he can escape the pocket. He can move around. He can extend time. But now, once you get older, like, shit catches up to you, and he can't get out as much, and they're still yeah, running. Yeah, with Russell Wilson. And that was another person he mentioned. But um, And the other point uh, was uh, Dominic Foxworth, and he was saying how the, the Packers keep running. They keep doing run plays out of shotgun. Yeah, that works when you have, like, a Lamar Jackson, a Jalen Hurts, but now Aaron Rodgers in his advanced age of 38 years old, been in the league for 18 years, you should probably go under gun and have a little more deception because if, like, I think it was Ryan Clark and the people of NFL Live had a whole conversation about when you're running out of shotgun, it get, it makes the defense relax because we can see everything because the ball is right there in front of us. Whereas if you're in in uh if you're lined up under the center and you have to turn around, now we're guessing, oh, did he hand it off? Did he not hand it off? Because we can no longer see the ball. So they're yeah. literally keeping everything in front of the defense, and it's well, to their detriment. And that's a big thing, too, especially with the play action. We see it with Arthur Smith in Atlanta and uh, especially with Shanahan and the 49ers is the whole idea of the play action is not to be ran out of shotgun. It's like that you hear it all the time on podcasts and stuff it's turn your back to the defense yeah. stick the ball in the running back's belly and then make them think you're handing it off because again when you turn your back to the entire defense and you hear people talk about it as a, all the time as a quarterback you get nervous because then you're not looking at yeah, the defense as far as the reads and progressions and like the blitzes and stuff but it's the most effective way to run the play action because the, the, if you can't see the defense it buys guess what you a second 
they can't, they can't see, see you see either. You. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when we're kids and we close our eyes and we go, we're invisible. We're invisible. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> I think this is a big problem moving forward, especially for Aaron Rodgers. Cause like you said, some of that athleticism is waning and I know he's always been real big on like, Oh, we'll figure it out. My biggest concern is like you touched on the defense. This was going into the season rated one of the on paper one of the top defenses in the NFL and the next game we talk about it'll be the the team that had the top defense in the NFL going into the season that does hasn't looked like it but this Green Bay team is just this defense just cannot stop people it seems like no <laughs> and then um Wentz goes out on the IR with an injured finger so he's out for this before before okay. we before we go to the commander side of things uh, the next game for the Packers is the Bills, so it's not going to write itself there. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> uh, they get Detroit, which is, you know, breath what did of Tony fresh say? air. He was like, it's not like that's going to be a win against <laughs> the Bills. Like, that's another loss. Yeah, exactly. You get Detroit, which is going to be a breath of fresh air. But then you get the Cowboys, who have one of the top five defenses um, as far as scoring defenses. And they lead the league in sacks. So that doesn't help you with a depleted offensive line. You get Tennessee little breathe you get the eagles the most turnover happy team like two turnovers all year for the eagles you get chicago right before a bye and then you get the rams the dolphins the vikings and the lions like <laughs> they could be a 500 team by the end of this yeah their buys week 14 which is normally doesn't help them at all yeah at all because aaron Rodgers is really good about coming off buys and getting the team right but week 14 you could already be out of it by then exactly yeah yeah, I don't think I think they might, especially with how well the Vikings are playing, they might end up missing the postseason. It might just be one team from the NFC North. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if, you know, that other team just keeps winning games for inexplicable reasons. Yeah. But to over to the commander side of things. Yes. Uh, what were you going to say? Oh, so Carson West gets put on IR. So he's out at least four weeks uh, for that finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Taylor Heineke takes over, wins this game. Um, do you think it's over for Wentz or do you think he's going to keep pushing or what do you think happens? I think it is over for Carson. Um, I don't have all the numbers for Terry McLaurin this season, but they just paid him. Right. Yeah. And I feel like this was the first game I heard him. Like, I feel like all the Carson games, like he did close to nothing or did everything like late. Uh oh, oh, he had 102 against the Eagles. But outside of that, that was nine targets, six catches. Outside of that, he hasn't six catches has been his most all year, and he's topped out at nine. So that one game was pretty much his max. And I'm seeing a lot of two reception games, four reception games, three reception games. This game he had five receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. It's only his second touchdown all year. Um, also, Curtis Samuels was in the mix a lot in that game. And say what you will about Taylor Heineke, and I know I'm one of the people who said a lot yeah, of Yeah, you say those things. I was about to say, I'm one of the people that say the most things about Taylor Heineke. But one thing he's going to do, he's going to spread the ball around. He's going to toss it up. He don't really give a fuck. He knows he's just happy to be here, and he's not trying to be the most efficient, effective quarterback. So he's just going to. Throw it all over the field to whomever and who and everyone out there. So I feel like that will give them, honestly, the most likelihood of winning. Yeah, ten like, different tar- uh, ten different people got targets in this game. Yeah, and I feel like Wentz kind of keys in on 
one or two people most of the time. And I think one of those people was out in Dotson, uh, J- J- Jaheen, Jahan Dotson was somebody they picked up in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was focusing on him a lot earlier State. in the year. And I can't remember the second uh, receiver, but yeah, no, I feel like there's not the guy they paid all that money to not the exactly, exactly. So I feel like Taylor's kind of got the job from here on out. Like once gone for four weeks, I can definitely see like, oh yeah, it's just over for you. Yeah. And I definitely, um, I would be curious if the commanders were in a different division, how this would shake out. Like if they were in the, AFC South, which obviously is not a very good division, or even some of these West divisions don't look as good as we thought they did. But they're in a division with one of the best teams in the NFL, complete teams, and then one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I don't think they're going to, unless there's three teams from the NFC East, I don't think they're making the playoffs. But it was just, it was, it was, you know, it's fun to see Aaron Rodgers get some, you know, some crow thrown back in his face a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they just look um they just look poorly coached overall, offensively, defensively. And also it looks like I mean, roster construction. Yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. We saw it a few years straight in the draft where they were taking these players and you're like, What are you doing? Like Yeah, it's like you need wide receivers, you need offensive linemen, and they're taking like defensive backs in the first and round I don't or even linebackers. Think it's a- I don't even think it's a Rodgers getting crow. It's more or less like, man, you had no conviction. You stood on nothing you said. Like, you kept saying, like, hey, if you guys don't do the things I want, like, I'm going to walk. And then they gave you the biggest, like, they gave you a sizable payday. And that was going to affect. $200 million, yeah. That was going to affect how much they could give Devontae. And Devontae chose to leave and get more money elsewhere. And you chose to stay. And at the end of the day, it looks like all you wanted was to be, quote unquote, the highest paid player. Like, yeah, this is something that really bothers me is um, this whole idea of like, yeah, go get your bag. Like you need to get paid. But this whole idea of like, I want to win. Winning means the most to me. By the way, give me 35 percent of the entire cap space. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, how can you be mad that they didn't get you any receiving talent when you take up like you said, 35% of the fucking, the cap. It's insanity. It's hard for the, I mean, but I mean, again, they could have tried through the draft. How many receivers are we seeing every year? It feels like becoming a number one receiver and they just refuse to take that chance. Well, and that's the thing is their only course of action was through the draft because NFL, for the listeners and for everybody who doesn't know, if you play more than three years in the NFL, you're considered an NFL vet and NFL vet minimums are way higher. They're like a million five compared to rookie, uh, maxes, which like are rookie minimum salaries, which is only 450,000. So like you would have to almost Not necessarily. go I mean, if you're getting, a f- but if you're getting a first round pick, Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but I'm saying yeah. if you go out and just get like, I think everyone after the fourth round is, or the fifth round is where the roster construction kind of, kind of, or excuse me, the uh, the pay scale construction kind of uh, like minimizes down. But still, even if you get a first round wide receiver, it's still what's the first year like five mil. Like, yeah, and it's exactly. like normally a 15 million dollar signing bonus. So like it's still nothing compared to paying some of these wide receivers 19, 18, you know, 17 million dollars. Like they, I don't know how in that whole Devonte Adams run, they did not have a, a proper number two receiver 
um, who they could eventually su- have to succeed him. I also don't understand how they didn't see this coming. Like how they weren't like, Aaron, we can't pay you that because we need. Like, <laughs> how do you not put money aside? Like, what is because happening? Because he at that point he had them over his knee. He had two back to back MVPs and was threatening to leave. So it was kind of like, ooh. All right. Speaking of leave, let's get off this game. Next game. This is just, I thought I had a bad weekend. God, these guys had a horrible weekend. Tampa Bay at Carolina. The great Tom Brady going against a, the AAFL's legend in PJ Walker. You mean the, the, uh, what is AF. No, he was also in the, uh, XFL. XFL, yes. Yeah. XFL. Couple of XFL quarterbacks having a, having a hell of a weekend here. Tyler yeah. Heineke. Also, Old Dominion, Tyler Heineke. Yeah, and he's been out of college for like a decade. Sneaky old Tyler Heineke. I think he was like a real estate agent at some point. Yeah. Like a tax man or something. The tax man cometh. Um, So Tampa Bay at Carolina. Oh my gosh, Every- if he was a tax man, call him the tax man. That's a greater nickname than the Green Lizard. Uh, oh, yeah. Or if he was a real estate agent. like, And uh, the football is just, you know, real estate acquisition. Yeah, right? That's all we're doing here. Um, call him the what appraiser. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of like I was like, what's the name in there? <laughs> the Even though appraisal and real estate are the same uh, thing necessarily, but I got to we'll find go out what it. Sounds good. I, we'll we'll I accept find it. Out what his profession was. I was so keep talking. I'll get back to this. I got you. Tampa Bay coming off a horrible loss last week to uh, Kenny Pickett and uh, Mitch. What's that? Mitch Trubisky. I was like, what's the other guy's name uh, at Pittsburgh? <laughs> And where Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers, where Tom Brady was seen as saying to screaming at his offensive line, I didn't leave my wife and kids to lose to fucking Kenny Pickett. And then he I'm lost to say that. Then he, yeah, he did. You can hear it bleed through the audio. Uh, That's uh, not what he said. I'm just happy he took his power. Take your power back, King. They didn't leave you. You <laughs> left them. Um, but yeah, so we think, okay, Tampa Bay is going to come in here. Carolina's obviously in a way tanking. They trade Christian McCaffrey, their best player. Uh, to the 49ers for a bunch of draft capital. Uh, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield are both out with injuries, so P.J. Walker's going to get the start. There's no way Tampa loses this game. Guess what Tampa did? They lost in a horrific way this game. Wow. They only scored three points with Tom Brady, and that they do have, say what you will, but they do have a pretty vaunted uh, receiving core, injuries aside. Um, They were only able... Able to score three points. Panthers put 21 on them, end up winning this game. Uh, P.J. Walker, they let him throw it a little bit, 16 to 22 for 177 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Mm. Joe, is it over for Tom Brady? Um, now I don't want to say, again, I'm going to be very, very. Because uh, I believe you had this at the beginning of the season. Judicious here. It is not over for Tom Brady. That's we keep we keep mislabeling this. It's not over for Tom. It's over for the Bucks, though. <laughs> uh, when you know they're touted as this big bad defense, and they're getting the score ran upon them effectively. I mean, by the likes of Pittsburgh, who have were in flux with quarterback at that time, and then this week with Carolina, it's like. And their offense is just so – it's hit or miss. Like, 
okay, things may look slightly different if they get that Mike Evans touchdown that he dropped. Um, but then say they lose just 10 to 23 or 10 to 21. Like, Bruce Arians, uh, <laughs> highly underrated. Uh, Bruce Arians, potentially underrated. Todd Bowles, potentially overrated. Bro, you Lefwich, can't say that. Byron Leftwich, potentially overrated. But I'd say more importantly than all of those things from the coaching side of things is, one, these guys are, what, two years removed from that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The personnel is not exactly the same. And that offensive line has just been ravaged by injury. That's the, that's the problem. And they can't get any push for the run. They can't hold up. Tom doesn't trust them enough to hold for pass plays, so he's throwing the ball super fast. And it's like, yeah, it's just this offensive line. It's roster construction. Again, like running it back isn't always the best. It's rare for a it's team. It's almost to never just the run best. Run it back. Course yeah, of action, like, yeah. It's and it and it's. I mean, they ran it back last year, and then this year, you know, you had a, one guy retire, you had one guy leave. Um, so it's like, and then you've had like four or five injuries over the over the training camp, and then, yeah, you're just not seeing the same uh, push from their offense, and you're not seeing the same. Defense is the hardest thing to translate year over year. Mm-hmm. So Todd Bowles could be coaching his ass off, but the players are two years older than they were two years ago. It's not the same people on the front. Dom Sue's not there. Jason Pierre-Paul's not there. So their front push may not be the same. Vita Vea, who is an incredible run stopper, is getting like double and triple team because they don't have the same threats they on don't the defensive have, yeah. line. I mean, it's the same thing if you look at Los Angeles, who was on a bye this week, but at the end of last year, like last year wasn't all smooth sailings, but once they got Vaughn Miller, that defense started to look a lot better because you couldn't key in on Aaron Donald and Aaron Donald alone. There was somebody else that you had to pay attention to on that line. Yeah. So Vita Vey is a man on an island and there's no one else. It's like, okay, let's block him and then we can run. <laughs> yep. And that's exactly what they're doing. It's uh like it Devon, doesn't there's look no, good. There's no way that the Dante is a Dante Foreman. I, yeah. I always get confused with Devonte Freeman, but Dante. there's no way Dante Foreman should have a buck eighteen, and Chuba, Cuba Hubbard should have like over fifty. Like they ran for like damn near a buck fifty on them. Oh, they ran for more than that. It was almost two hundred yards. Yeah, it was Dante had uh, one eighteen, yeah. and then Chuba Hubbard had sixty three. Sixty three. Yeah, jeez, like that's. That's purely just coming from the front has nothing to offer. Yeah, it's. I, I think Tampa Bay will. So I think they're in a better position than Green Bay because, fun fact, Tampa Bay, even with these losses, is still number one in their division because uh, the AFC South is poo-poo. <laughs> uh, NFC South? AFC South. NFC. NFC South is poo-poo. Uh, I mean, Car- both are, but yes, yeah. they're in the NFC. <clears throat> Carolina factual statement either way, yes. <laughs> Carolina is interesting this position that they put themselves in because you think with trading Christian McCaffrey and not having any quarterback uh that they went out to get cuz don't forget they went out to get Sam Darnold and they went out to get Baker Mayfield and now they don't have either of those guys that PJ Walker who they took in the draft a couple years ago um or not the draft. Did they take him in the draft or they picked him up when he got picked him up out of when XFL. the XFL got dissolved? Yeah. All right. Um, Played for Matt Rule in college at Temple. That's what it was. That was the connection. <laughs> so Matt Rule's out. 
So they fire their coach, they trade their best offensive asset, and they don't have a starting quarterback that they've like you know gone out and to get. And then they win this game. So this is kind of you'd think watching it because David Tepper's a hedge fund guy, so he's probably like cut our losses. We'll tank this season. We'll get one of the quarterbacks in the draft coming up. And then they win this game. So <laughs> what do you think the future is for the Panthers? Um, I think I think this game is an aberration. Okay, uh, yeah, me too. Um, I think they continue to lose out. And, yeah, no, they just continue to lose out. And they get a top pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. All right, so we're on the same page there. And then they'll go out and get their quarterback and hopefully start to rebuild. Yeah. They'll probably get a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young or whoever else is. Will Levy, I think, is another quarterback up Who's there. the guy? Who's the guy in Miami? Is he eligible for the he's draft? Not fucking, he's not getting drafted. <laughs> so we're not talking about Miami. We're talking about good, good, good quarterbacks, allegedly. I can't say that. <laughs> I, I was going to say you can't say that either. <laughs> no, no, um, all right, so he yeah, got think, hurt this past week, though. So, oh, did he? That really doesn't help him at all. Yeah, I think the Panthers are going to continue to try to tank. I think this game was, like you said, an aberration. PJ Walker's not a bad quarterback. I don't know. All no. this talk, everyone's talking shit like, oh, XFL this XFL. I was like, yeah, he was the XFL MVP. Like, he I was, was like, like, he was really good in the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I remember know. watching a couple of those games, and I was like, how is this guy in the XFL? Yeah. So like, I don't know what some of these people are talking about. A backup about. somewhere, maybe. Yeah. All right, let's move it on. Next game, Battle of the West, Kansas City at San Francisco 49ers with the new look McCaffrey in the offense. I've saw so many memes where it was like Debo, Brandon Ayuk, McCaffrey, um, Juszczyk, and George Kittle. How can this offense get stopped? Well, guess what? Kansas City found a way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kansas City, whose defense is, I, I contend, is very underrated. Now, I will yeah. also say Jimmy G is a bit of a handcuff on any offense. But um, the Kansas well, Jimmy defense, G wasn't terrible in this game, statistically. You know, I, it didn't look great, but... I was saying, statistics you know, tell one side of the story. Yeah. God, but, uh, Patrick Mahomes went off. 423, three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, that guy's good. And this is against one of the top defenses. Uh, what people keep saying, telling me, is one of the top defenses. And I, I believe I had them not making the playoffs this year. I just want to go on record with that. Um, just want to go on. You, I believe you did have them going to the postseason. So I know go on record that first this. game I don't really want to count because it wasn't that uh, monsoon. But mm. they only let up seven. Brand the, the question, four- did, did they count it? As far as the record books? Yeah, okay. So even in that case, the Bears only scored 19. They go against the Seahawks, who have a really good offense. They only score seven. So they've only allowed seven, 11, nine, 15. But then they start to lose it. Then they lose to the Falcons because they let up 28. And now they let up 44 to the Chiefs. So it looks like progressively, even if you just look at the schedule, that defense has gotten worse week by week by week. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, this this was a bad loss. It looked like a pretty good game in the first quarter, but then again, a lot of them do. And then, yeah, it looks good until it's not. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey only had uh, was only in the game for uh, twenty five plays, I believe it was. Uh, mm. But still, looks. No, they yeah, looked I mean, good in the first half, and then yeah, um, yeah they, they they got boat races in the second half. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was um, Christian McCaffrey had eight carries for 38 yards. Not, you know, obviously not terrible. Nobody's saying that, but uh, he just got there. What was it? 48 yeah, hours. Yeah, it was before. shocking uh, that he played in the game. I didn't think he was going to play in the game, but uh, I knew he was going to play, but I, I did. Uh, as you know, <clears throat> as you will, the, the legend of Christian McCaffrey was already being built, uh, hoping that he'd have some type of 100 yard game. Uh, as soon as he got traded, he immediately called to have the playbook sent to him while he was boarding the plane so he could study the playbook. It's like, okay, I think, you know, a lot of people probably did that. <laughs> yeah, that seems like it would be. <laughs> that seems like uh, standard. When I go to a job interview, like, if I get hired, they hand me the menu right away and they go start studying this. It's not a... Yeah, I was like, okay, all right. I'm just going to try to... Uh, prophesize him already but um do you think kansas city is getting better i think they're getting better as the season go on do you agree with me there yeah and they we see this every year with them sometimes it's shaky in the beginning and then there's all these people myself included saying like oh dynasty of one it's over like you know they're not going to make it to the afc championship again and then by the end of the season you're like god damn it this is the best offense in the nfl by like a mile so i think they're going to continue to get better i think the bill's thing is going to be a monkey on their back moving forward, which is how well the Bills are playing. And I think head-to-head, the Bills have the better defense, so I think they're going to continue to win the head-to-head. But that is also an interesting thing. A lot of times, especially if teams see you once or twice in the regular season, if you win both those games and then run into them in the playoffs, chances are you're probably going to lose in the playoffs. We've seen it a bunch. Yeah, we saw it last year with the Rams and the 49ers. Yeah, we've seen it before with uh, Dallas and uh, I think it was Dallas and the Giants. The Giants. Yeah, it was like, what was that, five or six years ago? It's like, oh, well, Dallas whooped them in the regular season. I'm like, yeah, so the Giants have tried to figure out a way to beat the Cowboys, and they've lost <laughs> twice. You win a lot more from a, you learn a lot more from a loss than you do from a win. Um, so I can't find out what his job was, but he went to school for like engineering. Yeah, he was doing like like Kurt Warner stuff, like just random odd jobs. It's very annoying. Want to know what? He did. There's no news article about no Taylor Heineke. Well, I can go to uh, Washington Post, but I think I'm gonna get like pay paywalled. Oh, well, let's just say he graduated from college a while ago and was not in the NFL, so he was doing something. Um, do you think Kansas City, even after the loss to the Bills, do you think Kansas City is the team to beat in the AFC? Um, yes, that is. Uh, I contend that because I think they're a more complete team, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I mean, the uh, statement makes sense. I would disagree, but the statement <laughs> makes sense. Well, because the Bills, I need to see their willingness to commit to the run. Yeah. Um and and that has That's been true. my knock on them the last two seasons. Even with is, 425 yards, they still ran it quite a few times. Yeah, it would be like just because there's a way to win a game. Like like look at case in point, uh the Eagles versus uh the Cowboys last week. There's a there's a scenario where that game gets to 2017 and we lose that game. But we did not they did not get frazzled. They committed to the run and on that last drive where we ended up getting a touchdown to kind of seal the deal. I think it was like an 11 play drive. Eight of those plays were runs. Yeah. Like well, we same thing we'll talk about it later with the Giants. Saquon Barkley had negative 2 yards after the first quarter and I'm like, "Oh, 
they're going to have to stop running the ball. But they just kept at it, kept at it. And then by the fourth quarter, when everyone else is tired, Saquon's exactly. running people like, over. At that point, your defensive, uh, the defensive line is going to be tired. The offense gets more push. The offense of line gets more give going upfield instead of going back. Like, you're always uh, – I forgot where I heard this, but the offensive line is always going to feel more confident going forward than going back when they're protecting yeah. for a pass. So just that uh, – seeing if they have that capability of moving forward and like like demoralizing a team late in a game to kind of just like steal your heart because yeah, yeah. again the Kansas City game it, it's not a blowout they lost to the Dolphins in a close one they beat the Baltimore in a close one like they've blown out these bad teams but against these closer teams it's been very like they could potentially lose. They could potentially win. If Lamar doesn't throw an interception on the goal line, they, they probably. I think they lose that game. Yeah, me uh, too. If Mahomes doesn't throw an interception at the end and that defender doesn't make a great play, I think they lose that game. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it's also <clears throat> it's interesting because San Francisco has this vaunted offense, and it's much more from a running standpoint as far as some of the pieces they have in place. And Kansas City ran it as many times as San Francisco did. They both had 21 attempts on the ground. So it's showing you that while Kansas City does have a high-flying offense, they still will stick to the run game if they have to. Yeah, I think that's one of the that's one of the things uh, Andy ended up learning along the way. Um, and I think, it, I think it helped him once he got to Kansas City when they had Jamal Charles. Absolutely. He had a running back that he had, he had faith in. Faith in. And had the willingness to run the ball. I mean, because there will be times where – and I think uh, some of it also came at the tail end of his Eagles tenure as well. Um, with Shady McCoy, he I was going to say, yeah, better that was a runner big thing. than say Brian Westbrook early on in that in their uh, in their back and forth or whatnot. But yeah, just ha- finding that running back. Or now committees are so prevalent and popular, like they have a committee that they feel very strongly about between. Clyde, uh, Isaiah, and uh, Jarek McKinnon. So between the three of them, they definitely give them enough touches. So that's why I think um, they could still beat you in so many different ways. They can attack you downfield. They can give you the short and intermediate. Uh, the receivers are starting to look alive between Marquez Valdez-Skin and Juju. Like, they're starting to play Juju's finally above. coming into his own, yeah. And Biko Hardman still a very reliable uh, weapon. You got Travis Kelsey, the ageless wonder who you're just waiting for him to age and he just refuses. Um, and yeah, no. And and it kind of looks like also uh, this is the last thing I'll say is that experiment they played with last year where having Chris Jones line up on the outside instead of the inside and we all kind of like said what are you doing? This is stupid. He's better inside. Chris Jones said what are you doing? Yeah, and then they finally put him inside and then they looked better. They had him outside a, a couple times in this game and last game, and they're used, they're rotating him more across the line, and it's looking way more effective now because it gives the diff- defense, it gives the offensive line different looks from the standpoint of how can we, how do you block him? If you have to keep in a tight end to chip, you're opening something else. If you're double teaming them in the front, you're you're opening it for somebody else. Like moving him around, not having him just having one place specifically is better than just uh is is 
stupider than moving him around and making him this like amoeba on the <laughs> defensive line. Yeah. And then that way, too, you have to understand a lot of times they're calling plays based on where they think the defense is going to be. So then if he's moving around, then all of a sudden it's like, ah, shit, kill, kill, kill. Yeah. And then you got to check out of the play and all that stuff. Yeah. Kansas City on a roll. My favorite team to root for right now against my favorite team to root against uh, the Seattle Seahawks take out the Los Angeles Chargers. Brendan, I picked them in my pick them, picked Seahawks to win this game. You know why? I got faith in the Seahawks now. I don't know why. 33 year old Geno Smith. I don't know why I have faith in the Seahawks so much now, but it may be because of Geno is also my fantasy quarterback. We called that, by the way. I want the listeners to know we said that at the beginning of the year. Did we? Yeah, we both said Gino had a bad break with the Jets. Oh, and he yeah. was a decent yeah, yeah, enough yeah, yeah. quarterback. He could keep them afloat. Yeah, I, I liked him when he came out of West Virginia. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I feel like he had a bad shake, which most quarterbacks did for a run there in uh, in New York. But no. Uh, also, my issue, my biggest issue, is with the Chargers and the the coronation of a quarterback who had done nothing that everybody just kept saying is going to be the greatest thing in the world. Now he does have a rib injury that he's just, uh, you know, has been carrying for a while now, but also my issue aside from that was, and we talked about this was the Mike Lombardi of it all. Their offense is so dumb. His first year prior to Mike Lombardi, he throws the ball down the field, and we're like, oh, man, they got a gunslinger back there. They got a guy who can whip this all across this the field. he got a cannon sewn into his then shoulder. Then they bring in Mike Lombardi, who worked with Drew Brees, and he just throws these five-yard dink and dunks all the time. And it's like, you got Mike Williams. You just paid him. You got him running up the field streaking, and you just don't throw it to him at all. Like, what are what? – you're not using your personnel properly, and that is like one of the biggest issues to me always, like, and why like uh, people like Clayton Yates and Mike Wilbon say coaching is way worse now than it was back then. Back then, a lot more time, and you'll see it with the better coaches nowadays. There's no scheme. It's either one or two things: you get the players to fit your scheme, or you fit your scheme to the players. A lot of times, coaches are having their scheme. And they don't get the proper people, and then they don't make adjustments for the people that they have, and they're just hard-pressed on running their scheme. It's not a collaborative thing to them. They're just running what they want to run, and whether it works or not, they just want to say, I did this. You got nothing on this one? No. I've Um, got... Herbert was your lord and savior a while ago. No, Seattle's going, uh, doing well, and Herbert's hurt, and yeah, the dude's got a cannon sewn into his shoulder, but they won't let him throw it down the field. Also, Seahawks, number one team in the NFC West. One more round. They're like the number three team as far as offense in the in the whole league. They're insane. Keenan's All right. quarterback, I know. <laughs> Shout out to Kenneth Walker, the third, by the way. Indy, Annapolis at Tennessee Titans. Uh, this game is weird. 
because Matt Ryan, we knew he would have a hero game or two left in him. Uh, he might have used up all that juju when he went against Jacksonville and threw that touchdown late to win the game because he did not look good in this game. Tennessee looks like they're back. Um, as far as the AFC South is concerned, back as the number one seed. Uh, Derrick Henry got going a little bit towards the end of the game, like we said earlier, just about the committing to the run and keeping running. So this is interesting. Matt Ryan got benched, um, but then I saw reports, I think, that he had a separated shoulder after the fact. Yeah, so he didn't get benched in-game, but yesterday the report came out uh, that they are going forward with Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Ryan was being benched. And then, like, same thing. I then saw, like, a shoulder issue. And I'm like, huh? Was he benched or does he have a shoulder? Yeah, was he benched or is he hurt? So, yeah. either way, moving forward with, uh, what is it, Sam Ellinger? Yeah. Um, you know, everybody Former knows. Texas quarterback. Yeah, everyone was going to say. Everyone knows Sam Ellinger because he was the... Uh, <laughs> Well, he was supposed to be the savior of Texas. No no lie. He was supposed Everyone to be. Everyone was supposed to be. Trust me. Yeah. Me and Texas have a bit of a kindred spirit there because every Miami quarterback is a savior. Every Texas quarterback. He was a five-star recruit to Texas. Was supposed to save that. Uh, that I think whole he beat Oklahoma universe. like once he or twice. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but just wasn't, wasn't what they expected. But, okay. So it hit me when this news broke. And then we see Sam Ellinger is going to be the quarterback. And I was like, wait a second. Hold on a minute. Do I not remember you guys signing a backup who had, you know, some genitalia features that were of note? Wait, what? Did they not sign a backup who had a big dick nick? Yeah. Okay. I was like, (laughs) big nick, big dick nick Foles? Yeah. What? Why is he not getting this? What is that? Well, because Sam's the future. They they want to see what they have Sam's in Sam. Sam's not the future. But they want to we see what this. they have in Sam. Um, <clears throat> this is a team that's not looking toward, that shouldn't be looking towards the future with their Jimmy roster. Jimmy is going to tank again. God, this guy tanked three years, three three times now in the last decade. Uh, but yeah, this game, not much else to say other than the Matt Ryan thing. I just really wish maybe we would have played Tennessee twice and then the Colts later in the season because <laughs> uh, we played the Colts twice and we split with them. And now the rest of the AFC South is going to play the Colts without Matt Ryan, which mm-hmm. Matt Ryan did true. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, hero ball things when he played against us. And then he just looked pedestrian and then he just looked old again. And you're like, oh, he pulled it all out to win that game against the Jags. Stop. And then, yeah. So he was like, I cannot lose to them twice. <laughs> yeah. So Tennessee uh, is in uh, complete control of the AFC South with this win, and we'll see what happens with Sam Ellinger moving forward. One more round. Uh, Miami played Pittsburgh. Miami beat Pittsburgh. Tua played football, and Tua didn't. Uh, I don't want to be flippant with it, so I won't say that. But Tua, Tua survived. Tua walked away. You said the same and, thing. You just. Mm, I was going to say, and Tua didn't. Mm. I know but, what you're going to say. You said survive, and I was like, well, that's the same. Survive in advance. Um, but yeah, Tua, Tua walked away with all his faculties uh, in order, didn't get structured off. So everyone can, you know, look around the NFL and see all the other people who are getting carted off every single game, it looks like. Yep. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown went down the other day. Not a head injury, but Brees Hall 
DK Metcalf, like so many carts this weekend came out. It was it was crazy. It's almost like this game is it was a cart of palooza. It's almost like the game is dangerous. Yeah, right. Who'd have thought? One more round. All right, this is the game of the week. Game of the week, uh, New York Giants versus the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Jacksonville going into this game was 4-0 against the Giants you. at home. Okay. Um, you had one job. Jacksonville led uh, this game for the majority of the game, almost the entire game. Uh, this is what happens with uh, Dougie Fresh. This is what happens when Doug Peterson's your coach. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to go for it. Sometimes it's going to work out, and sometimes it's not. And this week it didn't. Went for it. We were one for three on fourth downs, two of which were in or near the red zone. We could have kicked a field goal. And then we ended up losing this game by, what was it, by three points. So those field goals would have been helpful. But again, when Doug Peterson's your coach, you know he's going to go for it. And you love him when he does it. And then if it doesn't work out, you kind of hate him. But I understand. Uh, we had three opportunities to win this Lost game. Lost by six points, not three points. Uh yeah, yeah, they kicked another field goal. We uh, had three opportunities to win this game late. Uh, Travis Etienne fumbled in the red zone. Uh, we went forward on fourth and one and got pushed back. And then Christian Kirk caught the ball just one yard short of the end zone. Could have been so a touchdown. Close. Could have won the so game. Close. Would have been a would have been a fantastic finish. Would have been a crazy. That would have made a game of the week. Yeah, but didn't happen. Christian Kirk got crushed by. Three Giants defenders literally on like the half yard line. So it's a good game Same. overall. I'm very excited because Jacksonville has now lost out of the six one possession games we've had. We've lost all of them, which means hopefully it'll flip next year. We see Giants have won all theirs and they're atop the AFC. East, so we'll see what happens. They're not or, atop the AFC. NFC. Um, and they're, they're not atop the NFC. I've, well, that's only because the uh, only undefeated team in the NFL is in the NFC. East, but if there were right. any other division. But, Brett, I think more importantly, we need to discuss one thing. Who's your Who's your defensive coordinator? Uh, uh, Mike Caldwell. Fire him now. Eh, he's good. Daniel Jones ran for 100 yards on you. Yeah, that was, that was an aberration. <laughs> I think Mike Caldwell, like a lot of defensive coordinators, looks at Daniel Jones and says, this fucking goofy ass white guy is not going to run on us. So they, I think they, I honestly think that's what it is. It's ego and it's undervaluing how Daniel Jones can take off. Cause he did it to us a couple times. And I was like, why are we not keeping like, why are we not have a QB spy on? It's like, Oh, you only run a QB spy with like Michael Vick or Josh Allen. Like, you don't run it for Daniel Jones. You need a spy. You just got to show your guys the film and be like, Hey, in a situation like this, he will take off. Yeah. Like I, I, just show the eagle footage of when he ran for 80 yards and then fell over his own two feet. Like, yeah, he's clumsy and a fool, but he's going to get something out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I was disappointed with that, too. And I think a lot of the defenders thought, I think they, a lot of people underrate Daniel Jones and still do, and whether it's on the field or off the field. I think they thought, like, we've got four first-round picks on that defense, like, starting on that defense just from, like, the last two years. They were like, we're not going to get outran by Daniel Jones. And then they did, and it was hilarious. I would say still the most fraudulent 6-1. and yeah. one. It's harder and harder to say this every week. I know. But they could the be having a parade down Fifth fraudulent. Avenue, and I'd be like, I don't think they're the team this year. <laughs> like, they're going to have to take it from me, but 
them, oh, oh, this is what I was going to say. Um, this is the one thing I did want to say. So, so, okay. Did Brian Dable, is, is Devin Singletary not that guy or is Saquon just so him? Saquon is just so him. I was about to say, because I'm like, Dable has a commitment to the run, which I did not expect. Well, he uh, has one of the best run, like one of the best prospects. But this guy was like coming off of multiple injuries. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what their offense was going to look like going into this. Cause I was like, they have a quarterback. They don't have faith in cause they didn't even extend him the fifth year option, which now is to me the funniest thing. Cause it looks gonna ludicrous. Have to, yeah. I would say it's, it doesn't look ludicrous. It's still to me the smart thing because he is not no. your future, yeah. but now you're going to either have to give him a contract that is a five-year contract, or you're going to have to franchise Daniel Jones and make him a top five paid quarterback in the NFL. So to me, it's just funny as a as a uh, competitor Roster in the construction, same yeah. uh, division. Uh, but um, so yeah, so so it it's simply well, like I said after after the first quarter, Saquon was at negative two yards. He could not get going. He didn't get going until the fourth quarter. So. He has this, Dayball has this commitment to the run, which we didn't see in Buffalo, unless you count him running with Josh Allen, which we talked about, uh, you know, a lot last year. Maybe he just finds the guy he wants to run with and sticks with him, and maybe in Buffalo that was Josh Allen. Maybe he didn't believe in Devin Singletary um, and Zach Moss, but he believes in Saquon because he just kept going. And I remember going into the fourth quarter, I was like, oh, well, they're going to have to throw because we were up. I was like, yeah. oh, they're going to have to throw it. And they kept running. And then Saquon was breaking like, you know, 14 Gash. yards, 22 yards, 14. And I was like, come on. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the Major League Baseball playoffs. We are now in the World Series. Phillies over San Diego. Houston sweeping the New York Yankees. Brandon, you, uh, I did it last week, but still. I feel like you did not eat the crow that you should have last week. Can yeah. can we can Bryce Harper greatest moment of his <laughs> life. Bottom of the eighth, hits a fucking two run shot. Blah blah. Can 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 overrated. Now, let's take the okay. See, this is where I want to go. They can were the we, sixth seed. They're gonna get relaxed by Houston. Can we track where your Bryce Harper hatred comes from because Absolutely i think not. he's unfairly i think he's unfairly and unjustly been hated on for a, a, a large portion of his career i have always contended that i like bryce harper i like his moxie i like his swagger i like the fire he brings to the game he's one of the best players one of the top players in the league i think he's everything that was uh forecasted with him has come to fruition he has two mvps he has this team now in the world series like finally after a decade he's under 30 years of age it took lebron almost a decade to win his first title yeah that's true um, <laughs> it took jordan until he was like 30 to win his can like, i be honest with you can i be honest with it. you about something i can't stand the track that some of these baseball players have. It's baseball in general. I've Everyone knows I'm not a huge fan. I don't like these guys getting crowned in high school as the next big thing and coming out because it's barely a sport. It's hand-eye coordination, and that's about it. That's a lot so, of sports. No, but I'm, 
Okay, in the NBA, <laughs> if you come out in high school in the NBA, that's one thing because you have to be a man amongst boys. You have to be ultra-athletic. In baseball, like, yeah, you have to be big and you have to be able to, you know, jack the ball out of the yad. But I just don't... I'm like... I have some, I have a bias. I have a genuine bias against baseball players because when we would... What baseball player beat you up? Nobody beat me up, but it's like <laughs> they would walk around acting like they're athletes. And I'm like, you guys stretch and jog like for your practice. Like we're out there like putting our health on the line and you guys are out there like jogging around the bases, stretching. We got our cheers for the dugout. It's like, oh, fuck off. That's not a real sport. That's my bias against baseball. And even more so, I don't mind watching baseball because I do enjoy it, but even more so when these young high school kids come out and it's like, oh, I'm the next phenom. It's like, dude, fucking. Well, first of all, get in a squat rack, asshole. First of all, one, you don't have to be. uh, This is this is a great walk off discussion. Uh, You don't have to be like. So so. Would you consider running a sport? I have. I think I've told you this before, and I've held very steadfast on this. Anything that I would do as conditioning for my sport, I do not consider a sport. Yeah, I find that very dumb. Um, <laughs> I really just did it to troll swimmers back when I used to date a swimmer in college. I'd be like, no, what you do is exercise for what I do, which is sports. You do conditioning. I do sports. But no, I would consider, yeah, tracking. Like, I consider baseball a sport, obviously, but I don't consider it a sport where you have to be any sort of, like, overly athletic for it. Like NASCAR. But, like, yeah, NASCAR technically, I guess, is a sport. Hand-eye coordination, reflexes, that kind endurance. of stuff. Endurance. But I'm not going to take a NASCAR driver over an NFL, a four-string NFL lineman as well, far as athleticism. That, the thing is... I don't think comparison shopping is like the best use of our time as far as like who's an athlete, who's not. I'm just saying you asked me why I don't like baseball and it's because those guys used to No, actually why you don't like Bryce Harper. (laughs) Bryce Harper is that guy who used to walk around cocky as shit and it's like, dude, you swing, you play baseball. And then two, I feel like, uh, and this is a lot of the issue that I feel like LeBron faced a lot. And I mean, I was, eh, I didn't, I had less issue with him because of that more issues just going to Miami. But um, we say these guys are super cocky and, oh, you think you're the next hot shit. No, they they didn't say it. The, the, the journalists that came to do the cover story on them, they're the ones saying the media, like the people who have crowned him. Those are the people say he never. He just went down and played don't have better than everybody. That's what I was going to say. I don't him. have a problem with LeBron because that requires. I think you can really show who you are as. I think what happens is in certain sports like basketball, like football, like in order to get crowned that you literally have to go through other people. And in baseball, I don't think it's the same. I don't. I just don't think. I think you can get crowned that a lot easier in baseball. But I don't, I don't know. Think so. Maybe I just I don't have think a. So. I mean, how, I many, how a, many baseball phenoms have you heard of? Maybe I have a deep rooted hatred because I should have played baseball over football, but I grew <laughs> up in the South, so I played football. I am a first baseman, 6'1, 230 pounds. I should have played baseball, and I'd be making $100 million. You might be right Kyle now. Schwarber. <laughs> yeah, but no, my dad put me in football, and here I am, eight concussions later, doing a podcast. But I've. Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I I, th- I disagree with the having to go through it because I mean, I feel like baseball is the most uh, 
hardest to get through with the levels. Because, yeah, I was gonna say just because of the sheer amount of you're playing it, and then the system in which it's set up. Because yeah, you got to go through high school, but then you got to go through you got to go through single A, you got to go to double A, you got to go to triple A, like. And then I guess I just so don't like baseball players. It's not the sport itself. It's just the players. Bryce Harper rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Bryce Harper. I don't know why. I like I like a lot of cocky players. I really like. There's certain. I was about to say Bryce Harper, like, and further and another thing somebody I heard uh, bring up, all the quote unquote bad things that Bryce did were like while he was still young. Like Oh, and I don't even consider that stuff bad. I just I don't know. Like, walks into a room, unquote, he just like, like I just want to be like all that was like young Bryce. Um yeah, not Bryce today. I don't I've never and mind you. This guy plays in my division and like beat up on me for quite some, and still beats up on me. He went from the fucking Nats to the Phillies, and I've never disliked. I never had a dislike for this guy at all. Well, that's why I that show this show works so well is because you and I, while we agree on a lot of stuff, we do have different perspectives on things. All you right. want to fire my black defensive coordinator, and I want to get rid of this white, hey, heavy I'm power s- hitter. Just can't let Daniel Jones run like that in your back. I mean, in your secondary. See, we are different people, Joe. <laughs> um, we spent way too much time on baseball. And we haven't even talked about baseball. I was about to say, uh, who do you think is going to win? <laughs> so, Phillies, uh, I thought San Diego was going to take it from the Phillies, but I was proven wrong by Bryce Harper. Uh, Houston, I think, takes it, though. Houston, the way they swept New York, they have the better team. I hate to say it after the cheating scandal from a couple years ago, but it looks like the Astros are the better team. Anchored by Verlander, I think they've got the bats and the pitching to uh, take on Philly. What about you? Um, so uh, I'm in a win-win here because one, I do like the feels. I've, I've always been a closeted Phillies fan. Um, I rooted for them. Most of it is just Ryan Howard. I like that. They yeah. Ryan Howard. <laughs> they had a black guy like in a prominent position in baseball and I liked baseball and I was like, Hey, I like that guy. So when they were winning in the early, That's how you became an Eagles fan. Uh, exactly. Donovan McNabb. Uh, in the early aughts, I rooted for them. I rooted for them against the Yankees in 09. Um, so I would be happy with them winning this. But uh, the reason I say it's a win-win is I also love Dusty Baker. And Dusty's getting a second crack. Tried last year, lost to the Braves. Uh, getting a second crack at winning a, a World Series. And if he were to win it, I would be very happy for him and everything that he's been through and all the scrutiny that he's had over the years. And remember, he got this job. He was a sitting duck uh, manager because they got him after the scandal to kind of be like, okay, we got a, we got a, one of these like patron saints of the game in here to show everybody we're above board. And he was more just a figurehead than an actual. Yeah, he was going to, he, they thought he was going to be a figurehead. He took that team. All the way, I mean, to the ALCS in the lockout year last year, took him back to the World Series and here again, back in the World Series. So I'd really love for him to have the opportunity to win this. And I mean, the Phillies here is like, as Kyle has been saying, it's just gravy. They didn't expect to be here. Like you said, they were a six seed um, and to make it all the way to the World Series is like, wow we've accomplished more than we expected. Um, and I think all of this is just a referendum on Joe Girardi, bad manager, got fired mid season when he was a manager for the Marlins. They eventually brought him back, uh, like the next day. And he won manager of the year that year. Got didn't get as much out of the Yankees as he should have and got nothing out of the fills here. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. 
All right. We are coming up on an hour, so we're going to try and burn through the rest of this. Joe, it's time for our favorite game of the week. Who's in? Who's out? Who's up? Who's down for college football? All right, Brennan. Who's up? Who's who's in? Who's out? Who's up? Who's down? Who's in, first and foremost? LSU is in after taking it to Ole Miss. Oh, geez. Old Miss. Lane, we had so much high hopes for you. Lane you really let us down. Lane uh, Train took a detour. Also, who is in is South Carolina. Sarah, South Carolina. Gamecocks. Made, the Gamecocks have made their way into with uh, Steven Radler. Who was that kid who was supposed to be like hot shit a year and a half ago? Was that the Oklahoma kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's at South Carolina now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he lost his job like that year. Yeah, I remember he lost it. I thought he was going to stick it out, though. This transfer portal thing is bananas. Why would uh, you stick it out? No, you wouldn't. That's. I, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Okay, we're going to have another little disagreement here. What's wrong with the transfer portal? Why oh, no, say- I just said it's bananas. I don't have anything against it. I think it's... Oh, okay. No, 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 no. No, you misunderstand. I'm saying it's bananas because they'll hype a guy like Jalen Hurts with uh, like Jalen Hurts was Alabama football until he wasn't. Now all of a sudden you're like, wait, is that Jalen Hurts on Oklahoma? Pre-portal, but yeah. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's weird to see these or guys. Mid portal. I don't remember. It was it was mid portal, but he was a, a senior. Once you graduate, you can kind of go in ah, there for one was. year as like a senior, like yeah, to yeah, get your yeah. red shirt year. I know. But, I um, know. but it's just it's crazy how they're bouncing around. And I actually heard um, Ryan Rosillo was talking about is, this. I don't with, think it's that crazy. Ryan Rosillo was talking about this with Peter Schrager, which is. Um, do you think like Elijah Moore, a second year player in the NFL now saying that he wants to trade? It's like, do you think that's a cause from the transfer portal and these guys having so much freedom of movement? Okay. And I don't think it is. I just think it depends on the person. Because the, also my thing is, if you're going to blame the transfer portal, you have to blame like the high school system because kids at this nowadays bounce around high schools like every year. Yeah, so I don't blame the transfer portal. I don't blame the high schools. I don't blame AAU culture and basketball. Uh, I blame the parents. All right. Commit Who's to something out? and be committed. <laughs> oh, you should have just left it there. I shut up. <laughs> Who's out? Texas drops out of the top 25 along with Mississippi State. Uh, who's up? Who's down? Uh, the top six remains untouched. You got Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, Clemson, and Alabama. Just wanted to get that out the way. Um, who's nipping on the heels there? You got TCU coming in at number seven up one get spot. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, Oregon. TCU is undefeated, man. Don't don't sleep on TCU. Um, love the love the Horn Frogs. Big who did they big Horn Frogs fan? Over who there. did they have when they made that run a couple years ago? Uh, Andy Dalton. That's who it was. Yeah, Andy Dalton. Also, the alma mater of the Damian Tomlinson. Tomlinson, yeah, everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah. Number love, five. Love TCU. Uh, uh, right on behind them, number eight is Oregon, up two spots after taking out UCLA. Um, and the biggest jump outside of that was Wake Forest. Wake Forest jumped up three spots to the number 11 spot, as well as Penn State coming off that Michigan loss have jumped up three spots to 13. Who's down? You got the biggest fall coming from Ole Miss, as we alluded to earlier, after losing to LSU, an unranked LSU. Ole Miss has dropped to 15 from 7. UCLA, after losing to Oregon, drops to 12. And K-State drops to 22. And the one that makes me the most sad, because you know me, Brandon, I love chaos. Syracuse hosted Clemson this weekend. And Clemson, it took a last-second heroics and a quarterback change 
but they came back to win it, and Syracuse has fallen two spots after taking that loss. So that has been who's up, who's down, and who's in, and who's out. All right. Quick hits. And you'll be surprised how quick. And- quick, Mamie hits. Quick hits. All right, we are going to go super quick through the quick hits. Joe, what are you taking away from the first couple of weeks in the NBA? First couple of weeks in the NBA, uh, Ben Simmons, just not good. Um, Nuggets need a little more time to gel. Uh, Portland, very good. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> uh, I didn't think they were going to try to take, but I didn't think they'd be like undefeated. Uh, and Lakers, got to do something. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of that. Something. Lakers are in big, big trouble. This Westbrook thing is worse than we could have ever imagined. Did you see the highlights from what was it, game one or two or two or three, where they were just leaving Westbrook open? They were just like, yeah, yeah. shoot, shoot as much as you want. He went 0 for 11. Yeah. Uh, that's a problem. Oh, how did we forget? Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but Philly. I Woo! was going to bring it up. You oh, didn't trust sorry. me to bring it I'm, up. I just, I just remembered. I'm sorry. Philadelphia 76ers <laughs> starting their season one and three. Doc Rivers, still my first coach fired. I believe I had that kind of sort of. I mentioned him. I still think you had Clifford. Well, I mentioned, I mentioned a couple because when I said Doc, you were like, what? Doc? What? Uh, and I, I think I said it. Doc because I was like, I got MVP for MVP. How are you going to get fired? Yeah. Um, but, uh, a couple other things. So Philly, obviously, that's the big one. The Celtics, three and one, even with uh, their head coach being out, uh, it doesn't seem to matter. They have a really good team anyway. Teams to watch for me: the Bulls. They're right now in the play-in game. If we started the playoffs tomorrow, obviously, it's still super early, but they are five two. Excuse me, five hundred at two and two. Um, I'm interested to see what happens because they were one of those teams where it could either go really well or really poorly. And again, just echoing. What Joe said, Portland, 4-0. What the fuck is going on? My Lord. It's a long season. Um, long season. Uh, say another team that uh, uh, definitely want to shout out is uh, the Grizzles. I think oh, the yeah. Grizzles are here. 3-1. and 3-1. And, and also, the Pels. If Zion can stay healthy and Brandon Ingram can stay healthy, they are a problem. Yeah, I definitely agree with couple that. A couple of Pelicans. big ifs. Well, Zion's already hurt. Uh, precautionary type of oh, okay. Just took him out and be like, hey. Hey, just um, in case. We, we've yeah. seen this movie before. Why don't yeah. you take a seat? But he looks like he's, I mean, he's trimmed up. He, he's he's taken that uh, contract clause to heart, and he's lost that weight, and he looks to be in the best shape of his life. And remember, right. he's only like 22, maybe. Not even. Yeah, he's 21, yeah. 22. He's a baby. Uh, all right, moving on to the NHL. Uh, we are going to do just a couple of same same kind of thing. Quick. Here we go. A couple of things I want to talk about. Boston Bruins lead the league right now at 5-1, 10 points. Right behind them are the Vegas Golden Knights at 5-2 with seven games played. My, uh, excuse me, my um, Tampa Bay Lightning are 3-3, three and three, sitting there right at six points. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Joe, what do you got? We are four and one with one overtime loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but yeah, sitting good, sitting pretty. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, uh, that guy is a fucking menace and a pest. And I'm so happy he's on my team. I love him. Um, but yeah, I think this team is not as 
um, high flying. We can still score, but we're not as high flying as we were in years past. We're more of a grind it out, you know, muck it up kind of team. And I think we needed uh, that element if we're going to have to play with the likes of, say, a Tampa Bay uh, in the postseason. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes throughout the entirety of the season. We have uh, a big injury already with uh, Eggblatt uh, suffering an injury to getting on the IR. And their IR, you have to miss a minimum of 10 games in 24 days. So he's not going to be eligible until like mid-November or like early December. So, yeah. All right. Here we go. Soccer corner. Oh, Brennan. We got to get a sounder for this. I got to get a sounder for this. Even though, yeah, who knows? Brennan. Yes. We are looking amazing. Fulham is rolling. We back had a draw and then win-win. One draw against Bournemouth we talked about last week. But then a Thursday win against over Austin Villa. No. Thursday win over... Yeah, no, over Austin Villa. And then a 3-2 victory over Leeds. Two is kind of a... Smoke and mirrors, they got a goal pretty late, like at the 90th minute. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much in hand at that point. The good thing that the, the good biggest takeaway from those two, the last two wins were the fact that we looked dominant for the entire game. We had our foot on their necks uh, for both of those, which was very good to see, um, especially going into this next couple of games. Uh, right we got before, Everton next. Yeah, right before the... Uh, the World Cup layoff, the international break. Um, but yet, it, Harrison Reed has been playing out of his mind and has had touch in the third, uh, in the third, in the attacking third, like we've never, literally, we've never seen before. This is something new that uh, Silva has really harped on him to add to his game. And he's looking like he is one of the most strategic uh, most skillful players in that attacking third, um, getting everyone involved. Uh, that last goal they had to William was poetic. We were literally, it was near the end of the game. We were actually trying to waste time. Mikro is uh, just like bodying up a defender, passes it to Harry uh, Harrison, and he just makes a move around the guy, cuts it back in, and William is there for a sliding goal, and it's just poetic how beautiful it was. Um, so yeah, they again, it would take a lot for us to not finish top. I mean, not finish outside regular relegation, but um, this team looks to be uh, threatening as much as they can be to try to be a top five team, and that is that is wild to think. Just Love where it. we were. We have more wins than we had two years ago when we were up already at this point. I know. I can't believe it. This team's been playing really well. And now if we can just stay up this two years in a row, we can get the uh, the pay bump and then we can keep some of the players. Yeah, keep some of the players, especially like uh, Paulino. Paulo, I'm never going to get Paulo, Paulo Hina, Paulo, uh Him, Andreas Pereira, who's been playing out of his mind. Uh, we should have had four goals in this game because he had a wide open one on one against the keeper, but he just let it go just a little right. too yeah. soon, and the keeper got it. Um, but yeah, no the the best thing I can say about this squad right now is that everyone appears to like playing with each other, and yeah. mm-hmm. 
It looks good. They look like they're having fun out there. They look like they're having fun. And it was like, it was very noticeable on like um, the second two goals where at one point, so it's funny, after we won the first game against Austin Villa, they sacked their manager. And Leeds is like thinking about getting rid of their manager. Yeah, I was going to say I saw that. Um, And the whole, like throughout the duration of the game, they, the announcers kept saying like, oh man, they just look like that. They just look defeated. Like the players look dejected. The players on the bench look dejected. Like no one's looking at each other. Everybody's kind of in their own shell. And every time Fulham scored, they would run over and celebrate with the coaches, with the guys uh, who aren't yeah. in the game. And it just looked like a complete uh, collaborative thing. And it, it was like, okay, even if, you know, we don't get top five and get into one of the big European tournaments. We have a unit that is strong and they're only going to get better the more they're together. Yeah. They like playing together. They want to stay together. So in order to do that, you got to stay in the prem. Let's go to to the press conference. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. Joe, let everybody know where they can find you, man. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorma. You can find me. You can find this show on Twitter and Instagram at Kieran Press. Don't forget over to head over to the. Don't forget to head over to the Anulo.co website to check out all the other shows on the network from Anulo to Who Does a Pod. Um, yeah, you can also go to my website and check out my merch and my music. And uh, yeah, Brennan, take it away. At Brennan T Comedy on all social media, BrennanTComedy.com, one man show coming out in January. And you can check out my other podcast, uh, X Drinking Buddy. Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I have guests on, and we talk about their best and worst drinking, drug, party, and getting in trouble stories. Mainly artists, mainly comics, but I've had musicians on. Uh, Joe's been on there twice, actors, uh, comedians, all sorts of people. So check that out. Uh, everything's at BrennanTComedy.com. <clears throat> All right, let's get out of here. All right, let's get on out of here. Uh, let me get your opinion on this real quick. Uh, I'm trading Debo. Yeah. He just he just sent this back to me. Debo and Rondell Moore for Miles Sander and Duvernay. I got to do it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I got to do it. Got to. I got digs on my squad anyway. Yeah, so yeah, like Receiver-wise, I'm fine. You need Miles. I got to have Miles. Got to have Miles on this run. Is, my running back situation is horrible. Mine too. I've got all receivers. AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, and I, that's it. I was going to say, I had Brees Hall. He just got hurt. Good thing I yep. had Michael Carter. But I don't know what the 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 load share is going to be between him and James Robinson. We didn't even talk about James Robinson. Wow, that was going to be the shout out. <laughs> oh, dang. Uh, and then uh, uh, I had J.K. Dobbins. He's out now. Clyde Edward Hilaire is in more of a split situation. Uh, I have Gus Edwards, but who knows if he's going to really pan out. Do you feel better now? You got that on your chest? I kind of feel better. <laughs> We've been working on this trade back and forth since like 4 a.m. <laughs> I just want you to know. We've, I've been up for a long time. My sleep pattern is like crazy now because I'm working from home. Like I'll sleep early, but then I'll also wake up early and then I'll just be up. So I don't know. I, I sent him a trade off. You don't even like, know what time it is. I, what time? I don't know. I sound great, don't I? I've been yeah, up for a lot of hours at this point. Um I sent him a trade request at like four and he immediately sent it back. And I was like, oh, he's up. So we've been kind of going back and forth, kind of hammering oh this out. And now this one, I like it a lot. I'm, I'm hitting accept right now. Do it. All right. All right. And that's, you ready? 
Yeah. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. Miles no Sanders, music. welcome to There's the no team. music. Oh, you're right. My bad. I got Let's so excited. Again. Here we go. Okay. And that's why we play the game. Hello. Hello. James Robinson. Shout out. Traded to the Jets. We're going to miss you. We love you. Miles Sanders, welcome to my team. Let's do it. Philly, stand up.